Hey everyone, I'm Jamie. And I'm Andrea, or as most people call me, Ange. And this is Trendish. We'll be covering relationships, faith, leadership, health, and everything in between. I'll definitely troll. And I'll probably cry. And we're so glad you're here to witness the whole thing. Thanks for joining us. Let's dive in. Hey, Ange. Okay, hey, do. <laughs> start again. Hey, start. Are you going to edit all that out? Yeah. Okay. If you want me to. I'm starting now. <laughs> How you doing? Good. If you're watching and listening today on Friday, June 5th, it is Jamie Bofferding's birthday. I'm old. Her, I was going to not say Don't the age. Don't say but, it. Uh, Don't say it. <laughs> it's her birthday of many years. Birth of many years ago. How many decades? I do not know. <laughs> Nobody needs to know. I do know, but I won't share. Unimportant. Um, so make sure you wish her happy birthday because if you listen to our last podcast, she appreciates that. <laughs> also, so let her know that you would have already wished her a happy birthday because otherwise she's probably going to think that you only wish her a happy birthday because I just told you to and it won't be genuine. I so. did my jaw just broke. <laughs> that is, you know me too well. That's so embarrassing. So remind her that it's genuine and authentic and you would have wished her a happy birthday no matter what. Mm-hmm. I'm on a lot of caffeine today and Jamie's already signaling me I'm too loud. So I apologize for your ears on today's episode of, I have no idea actually what Jamie's going to title this because she comes up with it on the spot, but I'm going to title it Reflections I'm, I need My Younger Self. No, I need something a little bit more clickbaity, you know? Yeah. Well, I have no clickbaity. So I'm going to tell That's you. That's why I do everything <laughs> and you just come and do the talking. Um, let me tell you, audience, where we're taking you today. I uh, don't know where you are <laughs> headed, but. We figured since this episode would be releasing on Jamie's birthday, again, June 5th today, authentic, authentic shout outs to her would be wonderful. Okay, and that's enough. That's enough. Um, with that being said, what better episode than this to have some reflections really truly on what we would have maybe told our younger selves a decade ago for jamie that would be 19 so do the math (laughs) oh my gosh um and we have a couple categories we'll talk about those reflections and i think it's so cute jamie came with some notes i told her what the categories would be (laughs) I came with notes about recommendations as it relates to pop culture. She just mainly. She came with notes, so that's cute. Um, Man, if I ever thought high of myself, you have (laughs) just brought me down (laughs) to a average humility level. Welcome to being friends with me. Yeah, it's not welcome. It's been that way. So, reflections. Jamie, you ready to give us some nuggets? Well, I I am a very introspective person. Mm-hmm. Shocker to all. Notes. It, uh-huh. So, I screenshotted something I wrote on Instagram, like, a, a while ago. A decade ago? No. Mm. I didn't have Instagram a decade ago, <laughs> if you were curious. Um, <laughs> these were reflections I had when I was, wish I would have told myself when I was 18. Just four little simple things. Thought it would be a fun way to just... Dive right in? Open us up in conversation. That's Number one, prepare to move everything you have every year until you're probably 28. Okay, that is true. Either in and out of college, apartments and houses, or cities. Plan accordingly. 
okay, I moved until I was 28, and then I bought a house, so that was accurate. Yeah. I wrote this before then. Yep. Number two. It's real. Create a separate budget for all the weddings. They will happen <laughs> when you're so least <laughs> established. Save accordingly. And people will ask $300 for your bridesmaid's dresses. Oh. Yep. Don't get me started on the laundry. No, no, no. We're not going there. Number three. People will always have their filler questions at the appropriate times. College, master's, career, significant other, house, kids, etc. They can't stop and they won't stop. Prepare your responses accordingly. And last but not least, life will shock you. You'll be pleasantly surprised at times. Other times you'll have the deepest of sadness. Who do you want with you when the good and the bad happen? Cultivate accordingly. You want to nail down those four points there accordingly? Plan accordingly. Plan accordingly. Save accordingly. Prepare accordingly. Cultivate accordingly. Well, that wraps up this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Shortest one Jamie and I have ever done. Five minutes on the dot. I should host these more often. (laughs) Oh, gosh. We can dive into any of those. Thankfully, that's part one. I like your bullet points there. I think I'm going to start where you ended. Um, What have you learned about who you want around you? You said cultivate accordingly. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about cultivating friendships. We just talked about this one in our last episode, so you don't have to go too deep into this. But what is one thing you would have told your younger self on the friendships that you were cultivating then versus now? How do you view them differently? Um, I think I would have just loved to tell myself and have it actually stick that like your friends will change. And mm-hmm. you cannot prevent that. Mm-hmm. And so I think I would have told myself to like have my hands a little bit more open-handed, mm-hmm. I guess. And maybe I would have saved myself a little bit of heartache or just, you know, the wrestling of like friends coming and going. And some of that's on me and some of that's not on me. And I, I guess I just wish I would have known when I was 18 that the people that were my number one diehards might change mm-hmm. 10 years later and that's not to fault anyone but that's just life you ebb and flow and get closer to different people by proximity and career and interests and hobbies and i i think i just wanted more permission at that time to for it to change and again like a lot of that is on me. Like, I, I just didn't want my friends to change because I love them so much. Mm-hmm. But I'm grateful for the addition of friends because I'm a better person for the friends that have entered my life throughout the years. What about you? It's good. I don't remember my question. Oh, my what was gosh. it? <laughs> what would you have told <laughs> your younger self about friendships and cultivating healthy ones? I really probably could echo yours. I think that was one of the hardest things for me to let go of too, is that they would just change. So I guess more in a nutshell, I think I I would have just like told myself to trust that process more, that even the pain of losing a friend is worth the beauty of gaining a new one. And I think there were times in my life where I only thought I was losing them and didn't realize like that I was gaining or regaining mm-hmm. maybe old friendships mm-hmm. that had kind of faded away and come back to. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I guess I would have just trusted that process more mm. myself. But I think I agree with a lot of what you said. That's really hard to fathom when you're 18 and yes. your entire world is changing, your yes. colleges are changing, your family's changing, yep. 
you're changing, you're moving. Yeah, and like then I, like the one thing you feel like you have control over, you want to be consistent, is your friendships. And yeah. it's the one thing that just no nope. won't be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I remember when I was transferring to ORU um, from a school in Wisconsin, and I remember like one of the things I was not looking for when I transferred was new friends. Like I had my friends set. And one of the things I felt like grieved the the most when I decided to transfer is I don't know if it's like this around the country, but everybody in Minnesota, like they just travel to different colleges every weekend, go visit their friends at the U or Mankato or wherever it is. Like it's just, everything's just a couple hours away. And so we would just hop to different schools every weekend. And I knew that transferring to ORU, that just would not be my experience anymore. And so Mm -hmm. a lot of it was that FOMO and just the fear of my friends moving on together without me. And so, yeah, I, I hate that, but I mean, it served me well and I still have a lot of those same friends, but I gained a lot more too. So yeah, it's real. That's good. I'll, I'll give the recommendation for this one. If you'd like more on our take on friendship, uh, go ahead and visit our making friends, losing friends, keeping friends, mm-hmm. question mark. So it's called. Yes, that's what it's called. Uh, episode just right before this one. So that's my reference point there. Do you have any other recommendations on relate friendships? Let's keep it at friendships right now. Jamie, I know you have some notes. I didn't know if you have anything on friends in that. Um, no, I don't think so. I think I've, I gave, we gave good recommendations in that previous episode. Hour long. The, so the recommendations I'm going to give at the end of this episode are all about TV and music and stuff. Pop culture. Yeah. Yeah. Jamie loves pop culture. I, I keep, we keep forgetting to share at the end of every What's episode. What's trending right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought about that. I thought we just stopped doing it. That, no, we didn't. I just keep forgetting. So <laughs> We did it on the first episode and never again. <laughs> so I, I'll, I'm bringing it back. Yeah. Keep us accountable, people. What's yeah. trending? Hashtag. Yep. Okay. Well, I love that. Um, right above that one, I'm trying to remember it. You said... I love to repeat points, you know, in case I want to be a youth pastor here. So plan accordingly, Mm -hmm. budget accordingly, Mm -hmm. cultivate accordingly. I can't remember the fourth one. It was, it was plan accordingly, save accordingly. And, um, I don't remember. We're both blanking here. I feel like this third one is crucial. We need it. It it was in between. Prepare. Prepare. Let's talk about the preparation. I love this topic. Most people hate it. I love the process. Most people hate it. Yeah. I actually hate the process too, let's be real. It's but I like to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's my whole life. I, am I ever not talking about the process? Ugh, so what do you mean by prepare accordingly? Um, I think in the context of that post, I, I was talking about, you know, preparing for, honestly, just taking a different path than what was normal and what I saw. I think... I did not know when I was 18 that I was not going to be married when I graduated Mm. college and had a house and settled into a career. Like, LOL. Her dreams. (laughs) That's not my reality. And it is some people's. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, what I saw growing up is like, you finish high school, go to school, find your husband there or significant other. Or at least, like, meet someone that could be a potential. Mm -hmm. Then you get married shortly after and start a family. And lols. Yep. That is not true. Yep. And so I think for me, I, I wrestled with that because I feel like that's what society shows or did show at the time. That that's just the way it should go. 
and if you do anything different, it's you're just kind of an anomaly, mm-hmm. or you just you get questioned in different ways, and you still have to answer the same questions like, so are you dating anyone? Yes, that's so real. You know, like, are you gonna get your masters and just like all these different questions that honestly you just start to have your prepared answers mm-hmm. of how to not answer those questions anymore because mm-hmm. <laughs> it just it wasn't my whole life and so yeah that's I think I just I wish I would have known then that it didn't have to look that way I think I would have not felt so anxious about you know taking a different path mm-hmm. and feeling like fiery about people that almost directed their questions to that type of path Mm -hmm. because that wasn't it for me like what you should be Mm -hmm. doing there's Mm -hmm. like no doesn't even exist yeah yeah like i remember when i wanted to move to nashville and didn't really have a plan and the questions i got is like and let me just say like they were pure like the people asking them they it was not ill-intended mm-hmm. it was just genuinely like curious and wanting to know where I was at but there was almost this like this insinuation that I shouldn't do it on my own and so I, I just remember like feeling like it was not as celebrated for me to just move to a new city by myself without mm-hmm. much of a plan and I mean that's like a whole new can of worms but mm-hmm. I just I saw other people do that with their significant other or their new spouse or something and it was it was like oh my gosh you guys should go like what a great adventure Mm -hmm. and and for me it almost felt like at times people were like more hesitant because Mm -hmm. I was on my own and again I appreciate the concern I just I just it was frustrating at times because I I just wanted to experience the adventure too and I didn't have somebody next to me to do that and I didn't want that to stop me from living my life that is a whole different can of worms i'm <laughs> deciding if i want to go there and i know I'm, I'm here for that can of worms all the way <laughs> it's yeah it is it's a can yeah um we can go there if you want <laughs> i'm open it'd be a really good to- whole hour long topic yeah, there. It, yeah okay so you said prepare along the way but how do you prepare for that kind of like disappointment or change because I think I would give the caveat too that I find it so ironic that when you think back about your you know 18 year old self you think oh I thought I would have a family and I thought I would have I was like you know leaving college with these plans and (laughs) my plans were the exact opposite (laughs) literally exact opposite I was like oh I'll get married when I'm 30 if I get married are opposite of that I mean like the you're buying your second house. Yeah. You have second. a two-year-old yeah. and a husband. Yeah. Yep. Complete opposite. Mm-hmm. When I was graduating college, I was going to do the world race. I <laughs> yeah. bought a backpack. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I was going to live in New York City. Who knew where I was going to live, where I was going to work, but I had mm-hmm. this, oh, I'm going to live plan. there. Yeah. And no one's getting any part of me until, you know, maybe I hit my 30s. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> So I just think what you're I think what you're saying is so valuable because I think there's a whole audience needs to hear that. But then I think there's yes. a whole I think no matter what kind of category you're in, yeah. And even the ones who did plan that they would have a family and and they have one, I still think like it doesn't always work out the way that you think it will. For some people, it does good mm-hmm. for them, but mm-hmm. for a lot of us, it doesn't. So yeah, I think it's awesome. Like prepare accordingly but looking back on yourself, how would you have prepared yourself differently for that? Yeah, that's a great question. I don't know. 
I don't I don't know if you can. Yeah. I think all of these could probably go back to like just holding it too tightly and not allowing like room for grace for being redirected and transition. And I know we want to talk about transition mm-hmm. in depth in the future, but yeah, I, I genuinely, I don't know if you can like mm-hmm. really prepare for that. I think it, it takes a lot of self-awareness in the moment and like just the willingness to process when you're in it. And it's hard. I don't know if you can really process when you're in it because you don't know what's happening. Mm-hmm. So... Or even the language to explain. Exactly. I don't know, maybe having people... Maybe I would tell my 18-year-old self to, like, diversify the people above you. Get some different perspectives and not just one way of life. Yep. Um, I love my family, and that was their story for the most part. Like, most of my aunts and uncles and my parents, like, that's the path they had. Not all of them. Um, so I think it's hilarious to me that I was like thinking I wanted to be a stay at home mom when mm-hmm. I was like 21. Cause no, mm-hmm. no, I do not want <laughs> that. That is not for the faint of heart. It's not. And no. that, I just, yeah, I laugh thinking about that cause I don't want that now. And maybe that will change when it's like a little bit, you know, more realistic for me, but yeah. it's kind of far off at the moment. So yeah, I think maybe that would be the biggest thing I would tell myself is just get around different people. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, like, diverse, diversify your circle, mm-hmm. probably more than what, especially if you go to a small college or university or something, mm-hmm. like, even more than that allows, I wish I would have gotten more perspectives as well, which is hard to do if you're in a demographic like the Midwest or the South, you got to really search sometimes to get different yeah. insight, but yeah, I think it's so worth a search. And even on that note, even in terms of, like, almost, I hate the word, but mentorship or mm-hmm. um, just meeting people who, who are older than you, like, the awkward coffee dates initially are worth it. Yeah. I feel like people think they're doing it wrong if they're like, that was, like, awkward. Why mm-hmm. did I ask that person to yeah <laughs> meet me? And then you never do it again. But I'm like, honestly, it's, like, worth it. And yeah. I'm telling you, as somebody who's been asked on the other end of that now, like, first of all, it's not the other as painful for me. It's probably more painful mm-hmm. for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. But do it because I think it's so much, it's, like, worth the awkward moments yeah, you can to just gain get a little something bit of else. Insight. Yeah, yeah, I'd I agree. think that's huge. So I guess my question for you would be: I'd say both of our lives have taken different routes than opposite. We, we thought. Has that been um, like? Have there been times where that was like really challenging for you? Because I, I mean, I would say yes to that. Like there have been times where I'm like, I am really sad about x y and z yeah i i hesitate saying (laughs) yes like strongly to that because i have a husband and Uh a child who uh could hear this one day so i don't ever like obviously regret that part of it but i think it's so funny because i think if in my current life right now like i have the life that i think most people think they want Mm -hmm. and i don't think they realize at all the sacrifices that come with that um again shout out to the stay-at-home moms i am Mm -hmm. not i'm a working mom but like the sacrifices that come with having a family young a mortgage young, student loans young, and married someone who has like quadruple the amount that anybody in the world has. Like, there's just, there's a lot that I look and I'm like, wow, I think we all think the other side would be easier. Yeah. Literally, no matter what. Like, yeah. there have been so many moments in my life that I'm like, 
would it not have just been easier to just go into cool stuff? Especially because I have got like an adventurous mm-hmm. spirit and there is only so much adventure you can do with a two-year-old mm-hmm. and a husband. And some people do that really well. Let me just say you can do it. But it's harder, mm-hmm. way harder than just like, I want to go hiking for the day. I never want to do that. You never want to do that. <laughs> never. That. Let's be clear. But if we wanted to go hiking for yeah. the day, it would be two hours of prep work, which again, yes. you can do. And then tantrums along the way and a whole slew of things. Mm-hmm. The younger me, I would have just been like, yeah, I want to go hiking. I wouldn't have ever said that. <laughs> but if I Bad did in my anal- analogy, I could have. And so um, I just find it so funny because I'll hear my single friends talk about, like, you wouldn't understand because you have this. And I'm in my heart, like, you would never understand because you don't have this. Mm-hmm. And, like, sometimes it's a sacrifice to see your friends get to do things that you're like, gosh, I wish. Oh, yeah. I could, but yeah. I'm I'm doing this thing with my husband or... I just, I haven't seen my kid in a week and it would probably be irresponsible. Like, mm-hmm. so that it is. Yeah. I think there's a lot of moments. And honestly, I didn't ask for it. Like I wasn't searching to get married. I wasn't. Yeah. I think that's one of the biggest things I had to reconcile with God is like in my hardest moments, I'm like, I wasn't even looking for this. Mm-hmm. And I know so many people who were like, why am I? Yeah. Why am I in this season? Why am I doing this? Yeah. And those are things I don't have the questions or I have the questions. I don't have the answers for. But yes, short yeah. answer. It has been hard. Yeah. We were providing a lot of hope today. I mean, yeah, yeah. So one, what's one of the most hopeful things that have come out of that preparation journey? Gosh. Um, I've genuinely really loved my life. Yeah. And I think I'm such a person that, like, always is talking about the process. Um, so it almost seems like I'm just talking about one hard thing after the next, which can be exhausting <laughs> for people. I know. <laughs> but I just find so much purpose in those moments, mm-hmm. and they help me mature and or I hope they do anyway I hope they give me wisdom but I think I wouldn't change my life mm-hmm. I did not think I would be spoiler alert 29 and <laughs> you know not married not even close to it mm-hmm. have no kids living in Tulsa Oklahoma of still all places uh, like I are. chose this I just bought a second home uh, here man I, I just bought one home, home here and <laughs> I I feel good about the timing on that. Yeah, like, I, I, this is not anything like I thought my life would look. Yep. But I, I like it. Mm-hmm. I like the community around me. I like my family. I don't hate my job. I don't. So when? I don't hate my city. I think I know I'm ready to move on when I'm bored or not feeling like I'm being challenged or if it just feels like my priorities aren't in the right places. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't feel that right now, so I know I'm where I'm supposed to be. That's Do good. I want things to, like, progress in some areas? <laughs> sure do. Talk about that in another episode. I don't know that we need to go there today. Yep. But, yep. yeah, there there's still there's still room for adventure and growth, and so yeah. I'm glad for that. I find it interesting you say that you'll you're like we'll talk about the hard pro- or the process or the hard moments because that's like where so much happens. And I think that's so true, which is so annoying, but it's so true. <laughs> I remember like wrestling with God with that recently. I was like seriously like I, I felt like he was like challenging me to like be excited about something good to happen. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why? I feel like you want to teach me something, and the only time you ever freaking teach me anything is in hard stuff, which, mm-hmm. again, not theologically based true. Those were just my emotions of it. But honestly, like, it's also kind of true. And I was, you know, in my argument with God, mm-hmm. trying to validate that I'm 
that that's true. But mm-hmm. I was like, like, talk about the disciples. I'm going spiritual here. I'm going to ask you a spiritual question in a second. Oh, great. Let's get ready. <laughs> but like when I look at Jesus and his disciples following him, they saw good things. Miracle after miracle, they saw hard things too. But I'm saying like the miracles after miracles, the healings after healings, the mm-hmm. savings after savings over and over again. Mm-hmm. And what completely changes their heart is the death and mm-hmm. then resurrection. Mm-hmm. That kind of wow. pain to that kind of joy. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was so humbling because I was like, how many, like, how many, like, miracles and miracles and healings and healings and savings and savings have I seen? Mm -hmm. And it's literally in the death moments that I finally remember, oh, yeah, there is a resurrection. Like, it literally takes the death in us sometimes to realize that the resurrection has to come about without me preaching more on that. Yeah, wow. Would have been some of your... would have been in like your last i don't know decade would have been maybe a few of those like death moments to you where you really realized wow the resurrection in this is beautiful so i just asked about the hope but being really real like what might have been some of those you know more painful reflections that looking back you know you needed to experience the beauty you now know is true i wish i would have had these questions beforehand i feel like this every week (laughs) that we do this so um payback I think there's a couple things that stick out. I think that the first one is the hard moment of just being in grad school and mm-hmm. and not feeling like it was for me mm-hmm. the whole time. Like, let's put tally marks up how many times Jamie said she was going to quit grad school. How many are we at? I'm at... I have, if I have 20 fingers, I have 20 up. (laughs) So, like, that's exhausting for my people. Let me just say, like, my my boss at the time probably said, I I probably told him at the beginning of every year, like, hey, I'm probably not going to come back and work for you again. (laughs) Like, that's so irritating. (laughs) And I think what was so hard for me is I just, I was going, I was getting my master's in counseling for those that don't know, but um, I just could not see myself in that setting. And that was just devastating for me because my whole life I heard people say, like, you should be a counselor. You'd be great at this. Like, you are so great at this already. And I don't disagree. Like, obviously, I know I'm not bad at it. Like, it's something that does come naturally to me in some ways. But I think I just, that whole three years was just, like, laying it at the altar time and time again because I didn't want to be there like I did not want to do that I wanted to start my life doing something else in the music industry or like overseas or all these other areas and so and every time I tried to do it it didn't work like Mm -hmm. I tried to leave every year and I couldn't do it Mm -hmm. and so that that season of my life felt really hard and just exhausting because I went straight from undergrad into grad Mm -hmm. And then the other thing that I feel like was really tough for me, which I know I've shared a little bit of it already, but it was just this season of Nashville. And specifically when I quit my jobs in Nashville and took this random gig in North Carolina for like two months, basically by myself, where I, I just was trying to decide like where the heck life was taking me because I could take a job anywhere. And it was up to me. I had to choose and I didn't want to. Like I think a lot of us are just looking for God to make the answer for us or mm-hmm. highlight the path mm-hmm. because we don't want to be wrong. Mm-hmm. I I wanted to be able to say at the end of it like if it didn't work out like I wanted to be able to blame God, not me. Oh yeah. Because amen. it was his like leading, not mm-hmm. mine. And 
that just didn't happen. Like, I got <laughs> no answers for, like, two months. And then I finally, like, hit a breaking point where I feel like God was really, like, challenging me. Like, what do you want, Jamie? Mm-hmm. Like, what is it that you want? And I came out of that with, you know, wanting to be in Tulsa and the things that, like, were most important to me at the time and you know honestly still are is who I'm working for like what kind of leadership do I have in my life and who is my community and those are the two most important things like I needed to be around people that felt like family and most of that community was here Mm -hmm. and not to say I didn't have that in Minnesota or Nashville or even in Wisconsin but the majority of it was felt like in Tulsa Mm -hmm. and so that felt like a season of death because um Nashville's been a dream for me for a while and Mm -hmm. working in the music industry and doing something uh non-traditional with counseling in that city was something I really wanted to do and I felt like the Lord put it on my heart like I feel like that was a dream that he placed in me and so um I felt like I had to let that dream die and so I remember post Nashville like really just being really disappointed in even dreaming like I just wouldn't let myself dream for mm-hmm. a while mm-hmm. because why why would I like it doesn't work I worked my butt off and it didn't work out mm-hmm. and I understand there is flaws in that thinking <laughs> but at the time it felt really big yeah so those are just a couple of things I don't need to list off all of my <laughs> moments but if you're wanting any more please just send me a message I'll share the whole list but um so what's some beauty you gained in coming out of those like I don't think I would see God this way if I hadn't gone through really such a moment of blaming him or mm-hmm. not even like trusting my expectations with him what, what's like come out of that um I think I think it was a a fresh understanding that the relationship I have with the Lord is uh, co-laborship and not a dictatorship and mm-hmm. for me that was massive I mean that was everything like I, I don't want to live my life for someone that's just telling me what to do it it was so much it was so much more impactful and honestly appealing mm-hmm. to be in a relationship with someone that I get a say to mm-hmm and so for me, it was this new revelation of my my opinion matters and what I have to say and what I feel and what I think and what I want matters in this. And um, I think that was the first time I just allowed myself to like really choose, honestly, because I feel like up until that point, like the decisions I was making, I, I just, I had to be sure that mm-hmm. it was God that was making that decision for me. Mm-hmm. And this is the first one I felt like, you know, he was like, no, I want you to choose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. There's a lot of beauty in that. Yeah. You mentioned um, that. Why do I feel like this is an interview and not a conversation? <laughs> this is a conversation. It's your reflections. It's your birthday. <sighs> if I get to you quick enough, you can't answer your question. I'm going to ask the next one. Great. <laughs> what? Get to me quick next time. Okay. Um, you talked about leadership briefly, that being under, dare I say, a healthy leader was really important to you. Mm-hmm. What are, in your decade of reflections here, 
I think you've worked for a lot of different types of leaders in a lot of different settings. Mm -hmm. What are two qualities you've really admired from your leaders? And what's, um, let's say, one quality that you decided you would not like to have in your leadership? Let's put it like that. Let me start with the one, because that one's right on the top (laughs) of my list. All right, what's your one? Um, To clarify, this is one quality we we're just we don't want to really carry with us as leaders yes maybe not as appreciated in in leaders we've been under yeah I think for me it's it's literally just that you're the leader but you're not acting like it Mm -hmm. you are not taking authority you're not taking charge you're you're not leading the group everybody's confused about where we're going what we're doing and I cannot be in that environment yeah like, if this is yours, own it. Like, period. I can't, I just, I feel so much anxiety and so much frustration being under a leader that doesn't know they're a leader. I'm not over here saying I'm like <laughs> Andy Stanley or, you know, some great leader, because I'm not. But I know the moments when I am being asked to lead. And yeah, I don't need to go down that road too mm-hmm. far, but I, I just. I've worked for people that didn't that didn't walk in their leadership, and it was really hard. Mm-hmm. I'm just biting my tongue because that is like my, I for those who are familiar, Strength Finders Command is my number one, mm-hmm. and it literally says, and I'm also an A on the Enneagram, so I mean strong personality. If you don't know me, I'll own it. It's a She's strong, strong personality. I, yeah, I mean also like come on, I don't want. It. But one of the biggest things I learned in taking those tests is that eight and those and those command personalities. They will lead when they will follow when somebody is leading, mm-hmm. but they will immediately start leading if who should be leading isn't. Mm-hmm. Like they they will take charge if no one else is taking charge, and like I mean everything from my marriage to my profession, mm-hmm. I have found that to be so true. That's Not true. anything I've ever pointed out, mm-hmm. but I'm like you know I'll let John lead, but I'm like okay, when we're not <laughs> doing. I don't think anything's happening here. We're we gonna do something. Yeah, Let's. Yeah. And now I'm gonna take the reins. <laughs> At least I know it took me 22, 20. Let's say 26. Let's just say 26 years to figure uh-huh. that out. Yeah. But it is true. So I would agree that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Um, probably one I would. I don't want to say I would have to pick up because obviously that's my nature to lead if I'm leading. So yeah. Or lead when other people aren't leading. Mm-hmm. So that's a good one. Two of your most admirable traits you've seen in leaders. Um, number one, I think availability. If I have a leader in my life that I am under and they can't make time for me, um, I'm disconnected real quick. Mm-hmm. So I've so appreciated the leaders I've been under that have made time to just like hear me. And everybody knows I don't necessarily need action at the end of that, but I need to feel understood yeah. and feel heard. And so... Um, that's just been really important to me. I can think of even since high school where I've had leaders that just made time for me. Mm-hmm. I'm obviously a quality time person, and so it just it really matters to me. I feel most connected in those moments. So number one, I would say availability. Number two, I think somebody that can effectively cast vision. Mm-hmm. If I don't know where I'm going or what my directive is... I will be lost and even in like working for leaders where I don't necessarily agree I need them then to pull me back and to help me understand like where I'm going Mm -hmm. because otherwise 
I can get too far in the wrong direction because I'm frustrated or mad or annoyed or whatever you want to call it. So yeah, I need I need someone that gives me vision. And even further than that, I love seeing that exemplified because it then helps me understand that I can give my own vision and I can carry my own vision and I don't need to rely on somebody else to do that all the time. So I've been under leaders that cast vision very well and it's given me an example that I can take in my own life to mm-hmm. do that because I can't, I mean, we can't rely on other people to be our vision all the time. I think in a work setting though, it is important for them to lead in that way, but it's also important to do that yourself. Yeah, that's huge. You want to give some? <laughs> you want me to? <laughs> I'd love for you to. <laughs> Um, a couple that are really, just are going to be like two seconds long, just a quick rhyming nugget probably. So get ready. Annoying. Get, get your note, notebook out. I don't even know what I'm going to say. So now I feel like I have to get a nugget. <laughs> I know for sure one thing I've, I've learned, at least taught myself enough to know is I so, I think one of the biggest things I value in leaders is authenticity, like true authenticity. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody who can say that they're wrong and mean it Mm. and somebody who can like know when they're right and lead in it even Mm -hmm. when everyone else is telling them that that they are wrong so I love like Andy Stanley's verbiage like the leaders aren't always the smartest people in the room might even sometimes aren't be the smartest people in the room but I do think they need to be the most authentic if they're really leading Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's something that I think has I've always admired and leaders will always stick out to me that's um, so good is authenticity um, another, I guess we're going for two, another like trait that I've really admired is people who can confront and people who can apologize, mm-hmm. which might even be three different ones there. But mm-hmm. I think I am not somebody who does well if I don't actually know what's expected of me. And if I'm doing what I think is expected of me and then I'm told that I'm I'm wrong, it's a very hard game for me. I just want to be able to, to do well, but if there's not strong expectation there. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I think it's hard to do that. So I think I so value leaders who can confront the people that are working or serving under them, whatever it is, because it just gives such direction. It gives so much clarity. It helps me at least understand what I'm, what, where, almost like what you said about vision is kind of how I feel about confrontation. Maybe I should use different works. I think people might think of confrontation in a bad yeah. way. Feedback mm-hmm. might be even mm-hmm. a more helpful word there. Mm-hmm. Just like leaders who can actually provide feedback is... I think sometimes a game changer. Yeah. Um, in terms of building a healthy team. Yes. So maybe like, even how for do the I know long what run, I'm, if I'm what I'm doing is good. Yeah. Um, so I'm not somebody who just wants to be praised when I'm right. Yeah. I want to be told yeah. when I'm wrong. Yeah. I think that's huge, and I need it, and I think it's it's really helpful. And that they can apologize even in that. I don't think when I say confrontation, I don't think it means like I'm the leader. Yes. I'm right now. Let me tell you where you're wrong. Like I've been mm-hmm. under so many different people, or even myself. I I like to. I don't always do it right, but try to say like where did I miss it here, mm-hmm. and where have you missed it here, and how can we align that back and be on the same page together i just don't always think it's a one sometimes it is a one-sided mm-hmm. thing and if you're a leader you can see that and then confront it gosh that must be a hard conversation more power to you but i just also think ones who can apologize and admit where they might have missed it as well is really crucial the biggest trait for me that i don't don't want to pick up that honestly i definitely have before but i do not want to pick up is uh, being a passive leader in so many different ways but similar to what i said it is honestly similar yeah that's a big, I don't even think I want to expand much more on it, but yeah, a passive 
leader is one that is truly very difficult for me to follow. Well, right, they're not if giving I'm you anything to lead. Leading. Or they're not they're yeah. not giving you. Some people love leading under passive leaders because so like achievers, I think, yeah. love leading under passive leaders. Mm-hmm. Because if you're never going to be told you're wrong... You just can't just, do what you I, want. Yeah, honestly, you can do what you want. You're, like, crushing it. <laughs> you're yeah. not being told otherwise. But is the goal being accomplished? Like, right. is what we're trying to achieve, is the team we're trying to build, it, is it... Are we doing what, it, what we want it to do? And I think that's why passive leaders can be harder for me because I'm not as achieving-oriented. I'm, like, strategic-oriented. So I'm, mm-hmm. like... We're working so hard. Are we working for something? Is there a direction right. are we're we going? Just, are we just putting stuff out there to, you know, <laughs> producing check it off a list. Just, yeah, because that's not my that's not my game. I'm not doing that. So for as gray as I am in my personal life, I live for black and white at work. <laughs> like it is so helpful to me to have like a space where I know where I'm going and what I'm doing and what's expected of me and because that's not how it is in my personal <laughs> life. No, I agree. Oh I agree. And I love the freedom. I'm not saying I need my hand held. I actually would not love my hand held. Ask my husband. No. I'm not, like, don't do that. Yeah. But. Give me the pieces I need to succeed. Yeah. And, and the di- I'll do it. And the direction of where we're headed, yeah. I think, is huge. But that takes from a leader a lot of preparation, a yeah. lot of time, a lot of evaluation, and a lot of feedback from others and maybe even being told where they've missed it or they're wrong. Mm-hmm. So that's hard. And that's why. The first two traits are traits I admire about leaders because I really don't think a lot of us, including myself, do those few things. So mm-hmm. I think it's admirable when people do. So we still have your first four points that we started with, but we've derailed. And I yeah. think that there's some sub points under all of those. <laughs> yep. But you did say plan accordingly. Mm-hmm. You did say budget or save accordingly. Mm-hmm. Um, we said cultivate accordingly. Yep. And gosh, that fourth one, I keep missing it. Plan. Plan, prepare, save, cultivate. Prepare. That yeah. I keep forgetting. We, did we talked one. about that yeah, for we, so long. We did. That was our whole prepare, actually. Yeah. That was all under prepare. I think some of that's under plan. So wherever, if you're an organized brain, you want to jot those points down. I've given to you, given them to you 15 times. This plan, was, budget, prepare, yeah. cultivate, powerful. Um, I think we hit those topics. Mm-hmm. But you want to expand, uh, maybe lastly here, on the budget because bridesmaid stresses are real and those lingerie parties aim for the faint of heart yeah get your wallets out let's not talk about budget for too long because that's boring but (laughs) one thing um you would have told your 18 year old self i'm budgeting (laughs) which i think i i think i would mine would be more uh, directed at grad school and paying for it this wasn't gonna happen for me because i knew where i was working at the time was where i was supposed to be had that not been the case and i was just like doing my masters (laughs) Um, I would have done it differently. I would have tried to pay off each semester as I went, mm-hmm. as opposed to just taking a large loan. For sure. But I worked yeah, as yeah, a yeah. grad assistant, yeah. and so I wasn't making anything. No money. No. But I felt called there, and so... Um, and that's my whole life in a nutshell. The Lord will provide <laughs> and pay off my loans in time. But here's what I'll say about budgeting. I'm, I can be a pretty extreme person when it comes to, like, money and food and things like that. 
She um, eats rice and beans like every I do. freaking day. I do eat a lot of rice and beans and stuff because I like want to actually have my money, you know? And also I don't hate rice and beans. But what I would say is like I go back and forth on like I'm only going to eat rice and beans so that I can just like knock out my loans and like live my life how I want to. And then I have other seasons where I'm like, no, I'm not going to like pause my life for three years and never travel just so that I don't have a loan that is not bad. <laughs> and so I'm currently in the, no, it's fine. I'm going to travel and I'm going to buy patio furniture and it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, my loans will be paid off eventually. Mm-hmm. But right now I don't feel like I'm in an aggressive pay off the loans season. Mm-hmm. So that's how I feel about that. Yeah. We lost our aggressive pay off the loan season when Liam was born. And we got hospital loans. I mean, you're just, you're in it for the long haul. <laughs> yeah. Those yeah. are good. I love it. Nice little nugget on some budgets there. You want to add any? Uh, I hate budgets, so I don't know if this is where my nuggets lie. Um, but something that I'm really, to be honest, and there's going to be so many people who say that this is not good or not true. Or everybody has their own thoughts on budgets. So, mm-hmm. again, find yourself some good people and talk to them. But one thing that I'm really glad John and I haven't done is just throw all our money at loans unless we knew that, unless it was like a loan we were paying off, then like, yeah, absolutely. But if we came across like, I'm just using real numbers here, a couple thousand dollars and we have an $80,000 loan, Mm -hmm. something I quickly learned was I'm not just going to throw that small amount of money at it, Mm -hmm. that it's not going to make it move that much faster. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to wish six months from then when I have a hospital loan from birthing my child, I maybe had that money or your that I could have just bolt. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The cars. Yeah. Things you don't know that are expensive when you're like 15 and living at home and living large. Oh, I Parmesan just, cheese. Yeah. I just assume that there's going to be butter and salt and pepper and a rug, a rug. I assume those things are already in the house when I bought it. I never have to buy those. That's my thought. Newsflash. Newsflash. You buy all Get that Get your own crap. butter. <laughs> You buy the $600 rug. Uh-huh. Why is honestly fabric that expensive? Yeah, I'm going to yeah. make it. I bought two rugs in hundreds. Spent, yeah. Hundreds. A minute. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, as I found out that, I mean, we were specifically a young family. So it's just like, it is probably not smart for us to just, mm-hmm. with a low savings blow out all of your money on and stuff like that you're not paying millions. off right away Maybe yeah. if i was making millions like sure again if you're making a lot of money you're in a different standpoint i'm just giving you from where listen to a husband and I have been. yeah we, we're one. probably never gonna talk about money ever again yeah <laughs> so this isn't the podcast for you um but i thought it would be helpful in reflections and in the different categories that you name for us there so plan accordingly budget accordingly prepare accordingly mm-hmm. cultivate accordingly hit us back on what those mean to you Oh, I thought you were saying that to me. No, I was going to say and see you next time, but then I was like, does Jamie want to add anything else? Yeah, what's trending trending now? Every time, see, accountability. I value that in a leader, accountability. Jamie just leads us so well. I just throw up. This is so gross. (laughs) Um, Is there anything that you've, like, consumed in the last decade or so? Decade? Holy cow, we're going that large? We're talking to our 18-year-old self here. Okay, you're going to go first on these. What uh, are some things? Now that I can stick see out? why you took notes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so some things that stick out to me. It's hard for me to go that far back, so I'm really only thinking in the last few years of people I listen to a lot, things I watch. Um, so I guess a couple of things 
that felt impactful for me. One TV show, um, and let me preface that these aren't clean. So, <laughs> mom, probably don't watch it, okay? So use your own discretion. I can't wait to hear what you're gonna say. Uh, I, I'm going to say Big Little Lies. And the reason I'm saying this is because there was a season when I was in grad school and I was working at a domestic violence uh, intervention mm. center. I was counseling people on both sides of the spectrum. So I was counseling those that were um, survivors and those that were offenders. And I remember watching this show at the time and like almost not being able to because it was so real. And I had never seen domestic violence portrayed in such an authentic, real way as I had until I watched that show. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it was just really good for me as an awareness thing because I think what we often think of when we think of domestic violence is like physical abuse, but we often don't talk about the spiritual abuse or the emotional abuse, which is detrimental and will leave you worse than a bruise that fades. And um, so yeah, that's just one show that honestly it was just really hard to watch, but I felt like it was it mattered. Mm. So um, I don't want to you know just list a million things here. Do you have any? Okay, a TV show. Sure. Hmm. Oh my gosh, it might be silent for a couple minutes here. <laughs> Fun fact about me: I am the worst at remembering well, kind of anything, but also. Like my favorites, like what's your favorite color? I don't know. Black, your, obviously. Whatever. What's your favorite movie? Like, I don't know. Can you give me like an option, like a list of some, and then I'll tell you what my favorite one is? Like, I'm so bad at this mm -hmm. stuff off the top of my head. I can keep going if you need more time. Well, I mean, Gilmore Girls is probably like my whole life. Yeah. So it's true. I like Gilmore Girls, but I don't have a deep one. reason for it. Which <laughs> is so good. Like, who didn't want Lorelai as a mom for a minute? She was whiny sometimes, though. She's like, there's sometimes cool. that I was like, if you're, like, so whiny, that would probably annoy me. I'm whiny. You're not my mom. I know, but I'm just saying, like, she's cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course, I love her. She's great. What's your next category here? Um, just a couple more TV shows that I've really oh, loved. good. Okay, keep yeah. going. Uh, How to Get Away with Murder. I was going to bring that one up. Because here's what I'll say about this. Viola Davis is a freaking boss. Viola Davis is the main girl on just whispering to me that she doesn't know who that is, but she does. <laughs> she does. And I think what got me the most with the show is like the the moments where she is like giving some spiel or closing some case. Like, I cannot. My gosh, she did some good work <laughs> in that show. <laughs> so I would again, kind of graphic, so just know that. Kind of. go into it? Kind of. That one is really graphic. I have to say, if you're like a, a PG-rated person normally, I wouldn't even yeah. go there. Yeah. Um, However, sorry, I'm bouncing off this one because I actually do love this show. I just didn't know how graphic we were going here. I love How to Get Away with Murder. And if you really want to be compelled with powerful speeches and think mm -hmm. like, I want to be a leader mm -hmm. like that. Scandal, How to Get Away with yeah. Murder, Olivia Pope. Awesome. Uh, Annalise. I only know their actual fake names. They're Jamie knows close. their real names. Yeah. Viola Davis and Carrie, Carrie Washington. Washington. I did know Carrie Washington, but that's only because I'm friends with you. They're really great, and they act really well, and I'm always compelled to, like, let's go lead something. Let's mm -hmm. fight crime. Let's c c 
undercover injustice. I'm going to change the world. I'm going to change the world after I watch those shows. (laughs) And then I normally go to bed. It's normally like 11 p.m. So then I start just dreaming, like, the whole night of, like, what am I going to do next? Yes. How am I going to do it? How am I going to tell people that they need... They're being unjust. It's like, I don't know, sometimes it's not good for me to watch because I don't need more of that in my body. Mm -hmm. But sometimes when I'm really lacking, it really fills me right back up. Mm -hmm. So it's good. Okay, another one? Um, Let me just list off a couple because we're getting close to an hour here. Uh, Yikes, reflections, long time. A couple more TV shows, The Newsroom. Mm, You do like that one. I love it. It's really good, and I think you can watch it on Hulu now, but they use real... um, stories that have happened in history so like the world trade center the capture of saddam hussein just different things like that and they um they've created these like stories of how the newsroom actually like reacts to them throughout the those moments so it's like over a span of i don't even know how many years but um it's originally from hbo but man gotta tell you hbo is usually really sexually graphic I don't think there was one scene in this whole show. So maybe that's half the reason I loved it. Because mm. it was, like, just really good content and really, like, thought-provoking. And, yeah, I did want to work in a newsroom after that. But that's me. Kind the romantic. So just envious of everybody else's life, you know? Yeah. Um, exhausting. <laughs> it is, truly. <laughs> yep. A couple books. The Sacred Enneagram, obviously. I know we've talked about the Enneagram before, but that book is really good if you're looking for an intro into how deep to, intro. It is. It's a deep, kind of a deep dive. That's where I started. A lot of people start with The Road Back to You, but I started with The Sacred Enneagram. Um, I like that one. Am I There Yet by Mari Andrew. My gosh, nothing has ever felt like... I've never felt so known from a book. And if anybody follows her on Instagram, she's the one that like does those like almost like cartoon type of drawings do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I actually didn't know that was her, but yeah. Yeah. So really great book. Um, Traveling Mercies. Uh, it's by Anne Lamott. I don't know if I've ever read something with, with like such a raw look at Christianity. She's from like San Francisco area. So it's just hmm. a different take. And yeah, I loved it. And then The Nightingale, if you're looking for a, a novel. One of the best books I read in the last few years. And Daisy Jones and the Six. I think about that book often. We could probably do an entire podcast just on your recommendations. Oh, I could talk for hours Yeah. about them. Don't get me started on like Chef's Table or Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. Excellent <laughs> cooking shows. Chef's Table has made me cry. There's one episode I've watched probably four times. Christina Tosi, Milk Bar. If you've never been, New York, Las Vegas, etc. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Well, she created, like, cereal milk ice cream, like, soft serve. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, her whole story of, like, starting that and her moving to New York and just, like, putting her head down and doing, like, work. out Like, not related to that for, like, 10 years and then transitioning and starting that. And it's just, for a dreamer, it was really, like, encouraging to hear, like, I, it's okay if I'm not doing my dream at this moment. And, like, what even is my dream? Yeah. That's a whole nother, another can. Maybe we'll pick up there next week. These are all just cans of worms. That's all I'm talking about. So. No, I think they're great. Anyway. One of the biggest life-changing ones, I think, for me was um, The Prisoner in the Third Cell by Jean Edwards. Oh, you love that. It. I still. I'm, like, not a crier. It could still make me weep. 
even it more than me. even more than tail of kings. Yeah. yeah. Tell really? Kings would be my next recommendation, but man, John the Baptist, literally if anybody who has been with me the last year has been with me knows John the Baptist, that is where I actually was already on a kick with him, and then it just like mm-hmm. blew up with that book. It crushed me. It still does. I'm very humbled by that one. I'm only probably going to have books, but in light of our conversation, Visioneering by Andy Stanley is really great if you are trying to learn how to have vision in leading people. Highly recommend um, Visioneering and the Ruthless and Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, mm-hmm. as well as God Has a Name, both by John Mark Comer. John Mark Comer. We Phenomenal. Are, Very different people. We I know. are so different. This is why. If you're looking for holy <laughs> life change, go to Andrea. If you're looking for like, oh my gosh, I want to cook a really great paella. Don't come to me. Come to me. <laughs> Okay. This is why we're doing it together. Hashtag whole person right here. Whole podcast. All right. We got to wrap this up. Yeah. If you see Jamie, if you don't see Jamie, wish her happy birthday. Remind yourself to make it authentic and we'll see you next time. Cheers. I have nothing to say to that. Thanks for tuning in today, guys. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And let us know what you thought of today's episode by tagging us on social media. This is Trendish. We'll see you soon.